Well, praise the Lord. We're going to continue on in our series called I Will. And tonight we're going to begin talking about I will rule and I will reign in life. I want you to look with me in Genesis, the first chapter. And I want us to notice verse 26, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. A very familiar verse of scripture here in the book of beginnings where it says, um, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So if you really study the word of God, you will see from cover to cover this principle of dominion, authority and rulership, dominion and authority and ruling. And I love Psalms 33 and the 11th verse. It says this, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. In the beginning, it was God's will for man to have dominion and he has not changed his mind. It is still the will of God for you and I to have authority and to have dominion. So the counsel of the Lord, we could say it this way, the word of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Well, we're in there somewhere, aren't we? How many of you belong to Christ? If you be Christ, of course, we're Abraham's seed and we're heirs according to those promises. Now, the NIV says in Psalm 33, 11, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purpose of his heart through all generations. So his intentions never, ever changed. You and I have been charged. We have been given the uh, uh responsibility, the stewardship, if you will, to rule, to rule. God's will, say this to me, God's will is for me to rule. Now, what does that mean? It means to exercise ultimate power or authority over, over something, over your domain, over your house. How about over your automobile? How about over your loved ones? And so what we need to do then is make sure that we embrace a ruling mindset. Um, I heard something that Patsy Caminetti shared the other day. I was driving Brenda's car and she had a little uh, CD in there uh, from Kindle the Flame way back in 2016. And something that she said just jumped out at me. And she talks about how the enemy, of course, he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, Right. Well, we declare we're, we are may nots. But, of course, over there in Revelation, we see that he's the accuser of the brethren. Is he not? And notice this. He accuses the saints. He accuses us before the throne night and day. So he doesn't give up. He is persistent. And Passy said something that just really, really got me. She says... It would not be a good idea for us only to take then our rulership and our authority annually. You know, we're just going to, we're going to bind the devil at the beginning of the year. Or even monthly. Or even weekly. 
We should be exercising our rulership, our authority, every day. Right? If he's persistent, we need to be that much more persistent. We're not afraid of him, but you know, there's just great value in you taking your seat of authority every morning. Amen? Amen? Oftentimes when I'm praying for you and praying for our church family, praying for our personal family and ministry families, I'm just saying, devil, in the name of Jesus, I'm holding the blood of Jesus against you. And I'm declaring that no weapon formed against these families is going to prosper. No evil is going to befall them. Neither shall any plague come nigh their dwelling. So you have that responsibility. And so you need to embrace that kind of a mindset. We don't want to be always leaning on someone else to do our praying for us. We don't always want to be leaning on someone else to take authority for us. Now there's value in taking our shields of faith and locking them together. There's a corporate anointing for that. And there's a corporate authority for that. But you don't have to wait to come to church to do it. You have authority early in the morning, in the middle of the day, all day long. Amen. Now notice this in Psalms 110. Psalms 110 and verse 1 and 2. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. (laughs) In other words, under your feet. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. And then he says, Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies rule right now in the nasty now and now in the midst of your enemies now of course he's referring to Jesus here but we could take it a step further we're in him and he's in us we have joint seating with the master seated together with Christ in heavenly places And so I believe that even as he was speaking about the master, he's speaking about his sons and his daughters. And what is he telling his sons and his daughters? He's telling his sons and daughters to rule, come on, to rule thou right in the midst of your enemies. Folks, I just want to say tonight, you have been designed for dominion. To rule, to reign, and to prevail. Say with me, I'm called to rule, to reign, and prevail, and have dominion in the midst of my enemies. So how many of you are born again? You're born of God, right? Well, you're born of God to rule. And of course, a great verse of scripture that we know very well, but we're going to rehearse it tonight. Because faith does not come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of the Christ, the anointed one. Aren't you glad that his word is anointed? He's given his anointed word to his anointed sons and daughters. Somebody says, oh, I'm anointed? Oh yeah, you're anointed. You have the anointing that abides on the inside of you. So when you take the anointed word going into this spirit of man, which is uh, possessed, if you will, by the Holy Spirit, you've got a wonderful combination 
of burden-removing, yoke-destroying power being activated. Amen. Now notice this in Romans, the fifth chapter, and we look at verse 17. Romans 5, verse 17. It says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one. Now who's he talking about? Well, of course, the offense was the offense that Adam committed, right? Adam committed the great transgression. We could say this with Adam sold us out. So if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. So death was uh, in the earth and it was reigning through Adam's transgression. But now notice with me, much more. They which receive abundance of grace. Who is the author of this abundance of grace? The author of this abundance of grace is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And through his substitutionary sacrifice, in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection, and him being raised from the dead, he has shed forth his abundance of grace on his sons and his daughters. And so, okay, death reigned, but now much more. Everyone say much more. Much more what? Much more, they which receive abundance of grace. Abundance of grace does not come casually into our lives. It's got to be received. And it's got to be activated with our faith. So we have access into this abundance of grace through faith, through confidence, and through our trust in the Lord. Amen? Amen? And so, if you find yourself in a situation where you need grace, you know where to get it. Jesus was full of grace. He was full of grace and full of truth. And when you're full of Him, you're full of the same thing. Say, I'm full of grace. And I'm full of the Word of God. So you know where to get this grace. You know how to access this grace. And this grace is not little. This grace is abundant. This grace reaches into every area of your life. It reaches into your spirit and gives you eternal life. It reaches into your soul and gives you a peace that passes all understanding. It reaches into your pocketbook, glory to God, and gives you abundance and have more than enough in life. You know where to get it. It's free. Amen. And then he tells us we are to come boldly where? What kind of throne do we go to? We're coming boldly to the throne of grace. Amen? That we may obtain what? Mercy and find grace to what? Anybody ever need any help? I'll raise both hands. I need all the help I can get. But I know where to get the help. It's at the throne of grace. If you go to the throne of grace, you'll have everything you need to live in your race in the earth. Woo, hallelujah. And he tells you not to come, you know, um, fearfully. But he tells you to come boldly. Not arrogantly. Boldness and arrogance are two altogether different things. But boldness, because you have a sense of belonging. You know you belong to God and God belongs to you. You know you can go before the throne of grace with great confidence. Because there's no condemnation anymore to those that are in Christ Jesus. 
So we don't come fearfully, we come confidently. Hallelujah. We're accessing the grace. So, if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more. Much more. Those who receive. Are you a receiver? Are you a believer? If you are a believer, you should also be a receiver. Say, I believe that I take. I believe that I receive the grace of God. Amen. Oh, be a good receiver. Be a good receiver. Even before you can see it. Even before you can taste it or smell it or touch it. Be a good believer. Be a good receiver. Amen. Amen. Romans 5. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace. Oh, thank you, Lord. Abundance of grace. Abundance of grace. Not just enough. But more than, more than enough. Layers and layers, grace upon grace, gift heaped upon heap, the grace of God. Hallelujah. I like that. I like it. Because we're going to face situations in life that sometimes seem tough, but oh, for the grace of God. Oh, for the grace of God which enables you to stand strong in the midst of difficult circumstances. That's what Paul was talking to young Timothy about. He says, Thou therefore, my son, endure good, endure hardness as a good soldier in Jesus Christ. And I think either before or after that he said, Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Raise a hand to heaven and say, I'm strong. In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more, in other words, that word reign there means ruled. Death was ruling, right? Until Jesus came and broke its back. It ruled. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace and... Of the gift of what? The gift of righteousness. You have been made the righteousness of God. You didn't earn righteousness. It was given to you as a gift in the new birth. Now, many people don't know that. Many people think that they're still sinners even though they're born again. You'll hear this phrase, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. And we've heard this. No, we were old sinners. We got saved by grace. But now we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Say that three times. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Just one more time. I am the righteousness of of God in Christ Jesus. So you've got this abundance of grace and then you've got this free gift of righteousness. 
And through those two powerful truths that were seen in Romans 5, what does the rest of the verse say? Hallelujah. That was quick, Brother Steve. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign. Death once reigned, but death no longer reigns. Now we reign through righteousness and the abundance of grace. Shall reign where? In other words, this is not something we put off until we get to heaven. You know, we sing that song, when we all get to heaven, we'll sing and shout the victory. We're going to do that, all right, but why don't we sing and shout the victory right now? Amen? So the same thing is true with reigning. Yeah, there's going to be reigning in heaven. (laughs) There's going to be some things that are way, way out beyond what we know right now. But it's in this life that we need to take our place and rule and reign. So have you received abundance of grace? Have you received the gift of righteousness? So according to this verse, according to Romans 5.17, you are among those that are called and qualified to reign in life through Jesus Christ. You're called and you're qualified. So reigning in life and ruling in the midst of our enemies belongs to you through Jesus Christ's victory on the cross. Say it with me, it's mine. It is part of your spiritual inheritance and it is a result of the abundance of grace in your life. Amen? So we're not waiting to get to heaven to do so. If you'll just receive it, your ruling season has already begun. Your ruling season has already begun. Right here. Right now. In California. In the Bay Area. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. We are to rule and to reign which overcomes darkness because we are the light of the world. Amen. Glory to God. This is your ruling season season, right now in life. Now let's look at the amplified version of Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. And let's go ahead and feed on this just a little bit more. Let's go ahead and read. I can hardly see it through the scaffold. And incidentally, thank you PT and others uh, whose names will remain nameless. For all the work that you guys have done on this, it's been amazing. So they're 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 fixing something for the baptistry up. So how many, how do you like the new sets? Good, huh? All right, let's get back to the word. All right, Romans five seventeen Amplified Version, the Woman's Translation. Okay, let's read. For if because read with me because of one man's trespass. Lapse, offense, death reigned through that one. 
much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign Yay, you guys did good. Now, that's not a misprint. We shall reign as kings. We shall reign as kings. This gives us identity or or, uh, insight into our new identity in Christ Jesus. Amen. Say with me, as a king's kid, I am now part... Of God's eternal ruling and reigning family. Praise God. Now, you know, oftentimes it's hard for people to accept the fact that they're kings. You are a king. God calls you a king. Now, you're not the king. But you're one of the kings that he's the king of. So we said, well, I wish you'd show me a verse on that. Well, I'm glad you asked. Look over with Revelation in chapter 5, if you would. Revelation, the fifth chapter. Notice with me in verse 9 and 10. Hallelujah. I will reign in 2023. I'm not going to let life just happen. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. Whatever comes my way, that's the way it's going to be. You know, all the stuff about the sovereignty of God. Folks, God is sovereign, absolutely sovereign, but he has sovereignly given us his word to give us the road map how we can live in life. Amen? Praise God. Say, I will rule. I will reign as a king in 2023. Now notice in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. Here's another reference. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll or to take the book and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. So we see that we've been redeemed by the blood. We've been purchased by the blood. We're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. Keep that verse up there. And God has made, and he has made unto us our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. There's again. He's made you a king. If you have received Jesus Christ as your own Lord and Savior, you are among the redeemed mentioned in those verses. You're now born again, and you are part of God's royal new creation. Hallelujah, breed. You're a spiritual king. And part of God's eternal ruling and reigning family. 
And there are several areas I believe that the Lord wants us to rule and to reign in and to reign over. And if you were here on Sunday morning, uh, I don't know if you remember what we preached on, but I preached on, I will not fear. And during the course of that message, we talked a lot about our mind and the images that come to our mind and the thoughts and the devices that Satan uses to try to get an entrance through our mind into our life. And one of the things that we accentuated with 2 Corinthians 10, where it tells us to cast down imaginations or images that the enemy brings into our soul to try to trip us up, to try to distract us, and try to keep us out of faith and into fear. So aren't you glad that you have dominion and authority over your thought life? You can rule and reign in your thought life. Now, to make sure you don't buy into uh, a lot of things that people are buying into. Well, you're getting older and, you know, you're, you're, you're losing it. No, you're not losing it. Your mind is your mind. Amen? Say to me, my mind is my mind. It will perfectly function and serve me well my entire life. I rule and I reign in my mind. My memory is blessed. I take authority over anything else that would say differently. I have the mind of Christ. I have a sound mind. I am quick. I am bright. I am sharp. I'm even good looking. I'm very rich. And I'm a major blessing. I have the mind of Christ. Ha ha ha. Just pray in the Holy Ghost a lot. You know, if you catch yourself forgetting things, just pray in the Holy Ghost. What will the Holy Ghost do? The Holy Ghost will bring all things to your remembrance. Amen? The Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. Oh, and he's bright. He is quick. Amen? And he will make you the same way. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we need to make sure then that we cast down those wrong images. Let's take a look. I didn't really intend to go this way, but it's all right, isn't it? I mean, we're having Bible study tonight. We've got about another 10 minutes to go. Are you getting anything yet? Hallelujah. I'm looking at a group of ruling and reigners. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10, uh, verse uh, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing bringing into captivity, how many thoughts? Every thought... To the obedience of Christ. So one thing we want to make sure that we know is the devil's a liar. There is absolutely no truth in him. What he says to you, all you've got to do is look at the reciprocal of it. And the reciprocal of what he says, which is lies, is always the truth. 
The reciprocal of north is south, right? They're both directions. That's all the enemy has, is he has lies, trying to deceive us. It's one of his strategies. It's one of his devices that he uses. And one of his lies may sound something like this. Nobody loves you. You might as well end your life. God's not really that good. Look at all the bad things that are happening around you. Here's another big lie. And there's a millions if not billions of people that believe this. There are many paths to God. What's most important is that you're a good person. Everyone who dies is in a better place. Is that scriptural? Where's the verse on that? There's no verse in the Bible on that. Here's another one. Your situation is hopeless. Things will never change. Nothing ever good happens to you. Look all the things that God's doing in other people's life. I like what Oral Roberts says, something good. Say with me, something good. Something glorious is happening to me right now. Something good is coming my way today. You know, we say oftentimes around here, big checks are coming into the church. Big checks are coming our way. Amen? Glory to God. Here's another one. I know God's word says you're healed, but look at how you feel. Thank God we don't live by feel like. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We talk by faith. We take the shield of faith. We overcome by faith. Hallelujah. It is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen. Here's another one. If you serve God, you will miss out on all the fun. <laughs> these, are, these are real lies. You'll, you'll miss out on all... Yeah, fun, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even want to think about some of the things that I thought were fun. On my way to hell. Not fun at all. Here's another one. After all the bad things you've done, you don't deserve God's blessings. Just got quiet. So, so what am I, why am I saying these things? I will rule. I will reign. But in order for me and you to rule and to reign, we've got to contradict the contradictions that come to our soul. Amen. And the way that we counter those is the way Jesus countered them. He's our example. How did Jesus counter the deceptions and the lies of the enemy? It is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the enemy kept tempting him and tempting him. And he'll keep tempting you. Therefore, it's so important for us to be armed with the word of God. And not only to know what is written, but to use what is written. Amen? You see, 
You can know what is written, but never use what is written. How do you use what is written? You believe it, and you speak it, and it becomes a sword of the Spirit. And it absolutely cuts through the lies and the deceptions of the enemy. So arm yourself for the word. The opposite of hearing you're sick is by his stripes I'm healed. The opposite of you'll never get out of debt is my God supplies all my need. The opposite of, oh, look what's going on in the world and oh, Wall Street and all those things. The opposite of that is, I cast all my care on God. I sleep well at night. I've entered into the rest of God. Amen. So have you heard some of those things before? So what most people do is they just sit there and listen to them all day long. Mmm. Oh. And along with the Images, you know, the devil says, oh, I see it's working. Let's play that video again. No, we need to turn that off and tune in and turn on into the word of the Lord and take the sword of the Spirit and put that rat on the run. Stop and think on these things in closing. Satan takes advantage of people, including Christians, through lies and deception. He's the father of lies. Primarily, the devil seeks to do his work in the realm of our thoughts and feelings. The devil presents us with ideas, suggestions, mental arguments, and reasonings which are contrary to God's word. And God's word alone is the thing which can expose our innermost thoughts and enable us to change our way of thinking. It's called getting our minds renewed. And staying in this word. And let it dwell in you richly, copiously, and abundantly. And when you do that, it'll be automatic. Thoughts will come to your mind, but out of your spirit will flow the issues of life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Amen? The only place Satan has in our lives is the place that we give him. We give him place when we believe and act upon one of his lies. Again, his only resource is lies. In order to walk in victory, we must be armed with the truth. And I like this phrase, this is a full-time occupation. Either directly or indirectly, life's battles are always related to God's word to you. The battle in your life is for God's word of truth. If you're not armed with the truth, there's nothing left to believe except a lie. The only authority Satan has now is the authority we give him. But we aren't given that rat one inch. We're not going to give him any place. Amen. And we're not going to wait until the sun sets to take our authority. Right. And we're not going to wait until, you know, it seems like all hell is breaking loose to take our authority. We're going to take it right away. Amen. It's called the believer's advantage. Amen. Amen. Say in the, I will rule. I will, I will rule. reign. I will reign. In life. In life. 
through Jesus Christ. Well, I trust you got something out of tonight. Let's all stand up. Praise the Lord. God's word is good. It's forever settled in heaven. Amen.